December 1st, 2021. It's a Watt for Pedro show. RT seems to me is the one who's gone furthest in directing his own, in the direction of his own style. But if you listen to Archie three or four years ago with Cecil Taylor, he was playing those up and down triad things that, you know, that, that really one of your uh, uh, trademarks. But maybe uh, you don't want, maybe, you know, you'd rather not think about that, so. No, you know, because, like, it's a, it's a big reservoir, man, that we all dip out of, so, <laughs> you know, and I, like, you never, a lot of times uh, you'll find that a lot of those things, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to John Gilmore mm-hmm. kind of closely before I made Chase in the Train, too. So some of those things on there are really direct influences of, by, of listening to this cat, you see? <laughs> but, and I don't know who he'd been listening to, so it's, right, it's right. Fun, so you, you it is a reservoir, yeah. yeah. One of a housing estate caretaker's first weekly starting points is to inspect the estate's rubbish chutes for blockages. After the weekend, if you enter the bin room at the bottom of the block and your paladin bin is empty, you've probably got a blockage to do. Chutes become blocked up easily. Someone will try to stuff in something that is too big, and the next thing you know, it's a garbage gridlock situation. This can be solved by trying to poke the source of the blockage with a long pole, or by pouring buckets of water down the chute to try to flush it all out. One must be very careful not to stand at the bottom of an open chute, especially while moving the bins around. If something gets dropped from the 10th floor and cracks you on your head, then expect to have a headache, to say the least. I learned my lesson one day when a plastic bag filled with human shit whistled past my nose and landed all over my feet. It goes without saying that a good pair of high-legged steel toe cap boots are essential on the job. It's also worth having a look into the bins themselves, as all kinds of things end up in new liquidity of interest, from rare antiques and comic books that have been cleared out, to unwanted pets such as dogs, cats, rabbits, hamsters, and goldfish, and even the occasional newborn baby. You never know what you're going to find. You never know what you're going to find. Show happy Wednesday. Start off John Coltrane talking to Frank Kosky about being music being a big reservoir. November 1966. Then we had Levo featuring John Amplis, the Bins. And because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got all the way from England. Levo, welcome aboard, brother Levo. Thanks for having me back, Mike. It's great to talk to you, man. Yeah. Now, music-wise, you got some kind of bad news. 
Yes, yes. Um, well, it, it, it's kind of the the end of a mission, basically. But, well, um, well how did this mission begin? Is this the one where I gave you that base for that benefit, for that club? Yes, it is, Mike. Um, you totally inspired a tangent um, where um, we we had the Black Heart um, going through some troubles in the middle of everything being locked down. Uh, the Black Heart's an awesome live venue in Camden, in London. Um, and you kindly donated some riffs to uh, to a track that me and uh, an, an old friend of mine called Ben Edwards um we we kind of put put the put the rest of it together um and yeah off of the back of that um we we thought right let, let's try and play this song for real in the black heart and um we we got there you know we did that we put a band together um of of old of my old school friends basically uh, we had never played together in a in a band as a unit, and uh, and the guitarist Greg he'd, he'd never ever played a show before. Um, but it's it's kind of crazy because he was the first person to be a musician out of all of our social circle. Um, my the first stuff I ever recorded was on his equipment. He lent it to me. Um, but he he never played a show and he he never he never got it going. So it was good it was good to get him up there and, and do some stuff, man. I, I know what you're but, talking about. My old buddy of mine. Well, we lost him ten years ago, but this guy I knew the longest from coming from Virginia to California, and he had all these guitars, and had never done a gig. And uh, I got him to do some recording just to do I took him on a couple tours just to sling shirts so he could he had never left California it's trippy about that some stuff yeah. you know what I mean people are in different places and yeah you just want to get somebody on board so if, if I could have helped not only that that pad the black heart pad but also get you guys musically then that's a good thing Definitely, man. Definitely, it, it, it was uh, it was a real cool thing through the summer. None of us had really seen each other, uh, and you know, had kind of e even in life up until that point, you know, you, you're kind of off doing different things, and it it was great to as kind of a bit of a bit of normality was returning to things. We oh, could, that's a scary word. You mean healthier? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I, I hate normality. I'm always thinking of, like, 1933 Nuremberg, you know. <laughs> What's normal <laughs> for that? <laughs> it's my problem, sorry, Levo. But, um, yeah, we, we, we got to the, we, we ended up, the Black Heart survived, and uh, we we got to play a show uh, on November, just at the start of November. And, uh, you know, did the stuff, but the commitment of, of kind of doing a band were, was, you know, it, it's, it's hard. It, um, and for one of the guys, he, he wanted to, to kind of not continue. So we all thought, no, that's cool. You know, we, we've, we've kind of, you know, we've learned these songs. We've gone out and played them. We've done the Black Heart. Uh, Greg's had his first gig. So it, it was, it, it was kind of mission accomplished and there's, there's no hard feelings. And well, like Mr. Poe said, quote the Raven. Never more. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so it ends up being a one gig band. But you know what? Yeah. But maybe that's the way it was meant to be. I, I, I like it. I, kind of, I think that's kind of romantic, you know? Absolute. Absolute. It wasn't like just treading water or, you know, getting out the rubber stamp Xerox machine. or It, it was like, well, this is like a mayfly. I think yeah, one totally. day, Mayfly gets one day. <laughs> it's like, right, job done now, fuck right. off. <laughs> yeah, they get, uh, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen, but they pile up by the uh, light poles and stuff, because there's billions of them and shit. Look, yeah. you gave me this, uh, something you did with, another thing with John Amplis, American Caretaker in London. Let me play. Yes. I am an American caretaker in London.
icing on the cake. Police state violence is a clear evidence of their lack of creativity and their democratic failure. How can we drift so far? Sisters and brothers, witches, loving pesos, loving kisses. The fix is in. Backstabbers. Gather around, my friends. Riunitevi, amici. Let me tell you about a woman. Some say she was an angel who appeared like a rainbow. Lasciate che vi racconti di una donna. Qualcuno dice fosse un angelo che appariva come un arcobaleno. Others say she was a devil who moved like a shadow. 
altri dicono fosse un diavolo che si muoveva come un'ombra. Pistols around her waist, a shotgun on her shoulder and a rose between her teeth. Her eyes are saddened as deep as the ocean, but inside her beats a heart full of love. She walks like a man, dances like a child. For the revolution, she will sacrifice, sacrifice her body, leave her things behind, but she'll never throw away her philosophical mind. Lively Gantessa sings a song of liberation in Milton Tongue. Like a nightingale with a silver tongue And a heart of shining gold Like a woman and she fights all wrong Where men are weak, La Brigantessa is strong She strikes her foe beneath the knees to watch him fall Picks him up again to make him straight, to make him tall
Show that chunk of music started off with Leville featuring John Amplis, American caretaker in London, and brand new from billions of comrades out of Belgium, our hours. And I was asked to put some spiel on the end of that. So, what collabs with some Belgians? Base brother Arnaud. Another collab I did with uh, Sam Lock Ward here in Iowa City, Iowa, not here in Pedro. Well, I was in Pedro, but. See, the internet, people, we, we don't have to use it just for spreading lies and hate. We can actually trade files. Like, I couldn't have been able to help the Blackheart there, Camden, without, uh, you know, getting the file over through the pipeline. Uh, so interesting. This, the fix is in. And Taft Falco off his uh, brand new five song EP. I'm on a couple tunes, but I'm not on this one, I don't think. Maybe I am. La Brigantessa, Taff Falco. I love that man. Most Italian musicians on this. Song. 
and I think he recorded it in Vienna. Yeah, because of the situation, you're right, Alivo. It dictates different circumstance. But, you know, uh, we, got a project, we got a project here in Pedro called the Lemonade Man. This guy was a boss down on a, what is he, union guy, you know, but so not a boss, boss, but uh, that way boss. And uh, longshoring, right? And he was bumming on the situation. I said, look, it rains lemons, make lemonade. So I got him to get a project together with other longshoremen, and sure enough, this is going to be coming out. So sometimes. Okay, Sapa, uh, brand new from her, Constellation of Data. Uh, Helvetia, brand new from them, Jumper. Evil House Party, Wicked, brand new. Kevlar Bikini out of Croatia. These cats, uh, I think, came out today. Failing as an adult. Listen up, people. Then Thud with a boy, I think out of Ohio. The Catherines, there's a compilation, a boy, a boy who liked to paint rainbows. Uh, I think it's a, like a tribute to England band, TV personalities. They used to make funny songs, right? I know where Sid Barrett yes. lives and shit like that. Yeah, Some of them were pretty good. The, the part-time punks, right? That was their tune. <laughs> Pogo in front of the mirror and shit. Only, but only when, uh, not mom, uh, mom. Only when mom's not home. <laughs> I, I, I know my mum had a couple of those uh, seven inches. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah. a line in there, right? We pogo in front of the mirror, but only when the mum, mum's not home. <laughs> <laughs> but we got five quid to go and see, see the clash. Yeah, they were funny cats. Uh, then finally, the last part, Bronze UFO. These cats, four volumes of this Lagoon Monster rubber mask. Maybe one for each wave, right? Uh, this COVID-19. Be no brand new after that, MWFL. Probably an acronym because there's no vowels. And finally, Levo in the Driller Killers. Caretaker. Enlighten me. Driller Killers? Do I know about this? Oh, no. It's actually Diller Killers, Mike. Oh, I'm reading it wrong. Shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, sorry. But it was, there's no R there, people. That's pilot air. Don't blame the fucking airplane. <laughs> no, it's it, the uh, the venue when we did the gig as well on the on the on the first post that they put out. I think it said the Driller Killers. And I had to. Where we're talking? To say, oh, we, oh, we're talking about what, Cafe Odo. Yes. Uh, oh no, no. The, this was at the Black Heart. Oh, oh, that um, one. Because we yeah, actually shared yeah. a stage. Actually, it's a deck at Cafe Odo. Yes. Yes. But that that oh, you were, yeah you didn't have a unit that was you. So okay, that, that this was, was me. Me this and the was, mobile phone on that night. Right, 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 right. Man alone. Well, with the phone. <laughs> alone with the phone. But but this one you're talking about was the benefit. Okay, okay. The, the Diller Killers. That was the name of the band. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was because uh, Greg couldn't spell. And and, and uh, back in the days of the video nasties, uh, he, he got hold of a copy of uh, Driller Killer, but he'd spelt it Diller Killer. And, uh, <laughs> well, we had a well, great comedian lady named Phyllis Diller, so. Yes, yes. The <laughs> remember her? More rhymes than her. Yeah, remember her? She was, ha, 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 ha. She had a trippy way of talking. She's a, kind of a persona more than anything else. We're at the end of the first hour, Brother Liebel, December 1st, 2021. This Pedro Show. Hold tight for two. December 1, 2021, second hour of the Waffle Pete Rose Show.
for now. Some of our answers to Donald Trump, of course. Action stars, yeah, 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 that think they've still got it. Like that they can kill loads of people and everyone will still think they're cool. Because, yeah, right. Timmy Mallet. Yeah, fuck yeah. All the fucking superhero films as well. They're annoying. They take this.
Watch for Pedro show. Start off the second hour. Leave them. Piss takers. Then we had Scotch Rolex featuring Chrisman doing Chesa. The brother Shige, he lived in England a while, originally from Japan, but now he lives in Berlin and he went to Uganda to do some collabs with some uh, electronic musicians there. And that's the result. Wow. He calls himself Scotch Rolex. Sometimes he's DJ Scotch Egg, right? When he was in England. And so, this cat cat yeah. uh, used a Game Boy to get the 8-bit rocking sounds, you know. Then Al Margolis, he was just on the show a couple episodes again. Beautiful man. Being, I just did a big uh, improv for him. December uh, Alto Trumpet. I thought for December 1, why not do December Alto Trumpet? Unless that's Deck. <laughs> Which is a lot, right? Mean? For 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 a tenth, yeah. But you know, we misunderstand decimate. Decimate means that somebody fucked up. So nine of the ten guys have to kill one guy who gets a short straw. It doesn't mean everybody's dead. It's only one out of ten, right? Decimate. But you know how words are. It's how they're it's used. Not yeah, right. Like jumbo shrimp. What the fuck's that about? <laughs> and finally, Levil with spice taker, which. To me, seems like the other side. They they they, they were together, right? Um, yes, yes, they were. Explain and like um, this, please. Well, 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 everything on that record, the the record uh, was called the Thundertaker. So, um, and I had already had a track called Caretaker, and uh, then I realised I had a track called Spice Taker, and uh, then we then we added Piss Takers in there too. Um, and, and yeah, there, there was just something about taking, taking the piss, basically. Right, which is kind of a. Over here, we would think you were like filling up a bucket of pissers, but but in England, people, it, it, it's <laughs> well, kind well, of a shorthand piss, right. for uh, uh, having satire, uh, being ironic. Yes, you know better than I do. Well, but um, piss bottle man. Is, oh uh, well, that's a little different. Now I got that from a. A band in England, right? The Who, Pete Townsend, he had a song called Pictures of Lily. And uh-huh. the, and basically, what I gather, the plot is his father helps him out with the girly magazine. You know <laughs> how, you know? And so mine was, I, I kind of used that melody and stuff, but I, uh, uh, it was about my pop giving me, actually giving me his piss bottle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because when we first came to California, we drove from Virginia. And so, uh, you know, hey, Pop, I got to pay yeah, another 100 miles tying out and shit, you know, and fucking the suffering. <laughs> and, you know, what, I was like eight, not eight years old, you know, and, th- and then when I graduated high school, he wants me to spend two weeks in his little Toyota t- camper truck up where he retired from the Navy at Fresno, right? The uh, Yosemite is right near there. So we're driving up there, and he's got a piss, and of course he ain't going to pull over. But he reaches under the seat, and he pulls out this bottle, and you know puts it to work. And I go, "Where the fuck was that thing ten years ago?" And <laughs> then and this was a father-son moment. He hands me the bottle, and that's, and also that song is intense too because I actually showed it to Edward as potential fire hose. And uh, right. well, you know, because I come from Minuteman with D Boone, and I grew up with him with music, so I could play him anything, and he would—I wouldn't even have to teach him, right? He'd come over the part, the shit. Sure. So Edward says to me, Michael, you think uh, 
that's a good song, for, the right song for this band. And that's what got me thinking about maybe I should have different bands for different tunes. I never thought that way before. But that's what led to the experiment record for what? Ball hug or tug? Well, that's crazy, man, because... Well, that, it's always... That, yeah, but it's always trippy that. things. Not everything's predictable, right, to lead you on the path that gets you to where you are now. Well, and, but that has kind of led me onto the path that I'm on. Um, no, I think I think a lot of us it, humans share that kind of stuff. Totally, totally. Um, but but your idea for this uh, this battle royal uh, for for the album Bullhog, um, I, I totally thought, oh man, I'd love to do that one day. Well, and kind then, of a battle royal. Yeah, I use the wrestling ring as a metaphor for the studio, but the actual thing idea in my mind. I didn't really explain this to people, but I thought if the bass player knew the song, that anybody could come play drums, guitar, sing. So, you know, that's the yeah, story yeah, behind the title. Is the bass going to be a bog in Bogart? Or is it going to be the tugboat in Aiden to Bet? Okay. Incredible, man. And not I just having a theory, like put it to. You know, it's actually now a solo record. There's 48 other dudes with me. It's actually 17 different bands. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, it, brilliant, man. It, it, it completely, I completely wanted to do the same thing in a, in a different way, but kind of, I, I didn't know how either at the time. But I, I just always thought one day I'd love to, I'd love to work like that. Um, oh. and, and as you were saying about file sharing, because of that nowadays, I, I'm totally able to do that with 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 people in other countries and stuff it's amazing oh via internet right right okay i got some more diller killers third person shitter <laughs> Thank you. 
There was a man who worked as a caretaker at the same place I once did. We'd sign in at the same office in the morning before making our way to the respective patches at which we worked. I'll call him Charles. I got a phone call from my buddy one day, and he says, Have you heard about Charles? Turn on the telly. He's been all over the news. It turned out no one really knew who Charles was, as he had been living under seven different aliases, claiming benefits through multiple addresses, and even working multiple caretaker jobs. He would sign in at one office before skipping to another. No one was ever the wiser. Charles had yet another identity, that of a people-trafficking voodoo wizard. Charles was part of a ring of people-traffickers, along with three other men based in Nigeria who used voodoo as a fear tactic. The group singled out two vulnerable teenage girls from an impoverished area where the belief in the effects of witchcraft and voodoo were very strong and manipulated them away from what were already bleak family circumstances into their nasty hands. The eldest of the girls was subjected to a ritual that involved having all of her body hair cut off. Then she was slashed with razor blades and her blood collected and poured into a coffin. She was then tied up and placed into a second coffin, still bleeding. The girls were also made to eat raw, just slaughtered chicken hearts as part of rituals to bind them to one of the men who was posing as some sort of juju priest. Both were of the belief that the priest could enter their souls and their thoughts and was able to kill them in their sleep. They ended up being shipped to London to Charles, the wizard, who kept them prisoner in one of his flats. He starved, bound, tortured, and raped both girls, as well as repeatedly threatening their lives. His next plan for them was to have them sold into brothels in either Germany or Greece. Thankfully, the police caught up with him before that could happen. In the end, the judge gave Charles two decades behind bars. They never did manage to conclusively prove who he really was or where he really came from. From Pedro Show, started that chunk of music off with Levo and the Diller Killers. Third person shitter. Then Scotty uh, Irvin with uh, his Clang Quartet, part one of two, live at the Tulsa Noise Fest. Scotty out of North Carolina. Mama Leek, 
their new record, My Body Rock Longs for, Long Forever. My Body Rock Long Forever. That's a title. <laughs> That's an image <laughs> also. And then Levo featured John Amplis again. Have you heard about Charles? Probably should have question mark there. Explain your collab with John Amplis. Sure. Um, it, it started um, when George Romero died, the filmmaker. Sure. Uh, Night, Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Yeah. Scary um, fucking movie. He, he made three films that had a real kind of effect on me. Uh, probably hit me at age 14. Um, about the same time, funnily enough, that I heard uh, Firehose and the Minutemen for the same time. Um, kind of, yeah, around 1989, 1990, I, I discovered uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Martin and Night Riders. And um, kind of, there's there's kind of little subtexts in those films that kind of in a weird way kind of shaped my my philosophies on things um it, it, it's weird where you grab inspiration from i guess oh yeah um piss bottles <laughs> yeah exactly i mean uh, that that was an important thing in a way even though it's like that sounds insane that was really me my pop you know he was a sailor and always gone uh, with the, the Vietnam War and stuff. He's a, a machinist mate in the engine rooms. So they had like, like these eight, nine month tours. And so we're all catching up. And I'm a grown man by this time, you know, but uh, thinking back on that. Same thing with the, the yeah. postcards I started saying. He didn't know I made a living at music. And he said, man, you're like a sailor. And that's where I got the idea for the first opera. You're going up to the <laughs> boss, Donnie Einer there at Columbia. Uh, he's... Tell me what I want to hear. Uh, 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 sir, uh, I want to make an opera about three guys in a boat. He said, do it. <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't believe that, but he did. He did. Uh, amazing. We're That's at the amazing. end of the second hour. We'll talk more about your inspiration. But uh, November, uh, no, December 1, 2021, this Wapito Show special guest, Leval. Hold tight, round two. No, three. <laughs> December 1, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Tuesday afternoon, not even a full moon. I was headed to a building with a dustpan and a broom. Just about to get started with the rest of my rota, I felt my attention drawn to a near-parked-up motor. As a young dude stooped down on the deck, he looked a little suspect, so I did a double check. He was on all fours, foaming at the jaw. He seemed to have symptoms that you couldn't ignore. He was a werewolf. He was a werewolf.
Waffle Pedro Show start off the third hour with Shitlip featuring Levo, Baby on a Bus. Then thankful to be with you from Crane, from Idaho. Just Joy, bless your name. And then finally, Levo featuring John Amplis with Werewolf. And uh, people, I just remembered Brother Levo turning me on to this stuff with the spoken word and then him adding on to it. And uh, this is with the John Amplis connect. But but talk more about the stuff that inspires you. And and also, sure. uh, I'm kind of ignorant to the Shitlip project. Sure. Well, um, Shitlip is a is a guy based in Oxford um, that plays a, a a lot of shows down in Bristol, where there's a real uh, really kicking uh, dance music scene going. Well, on. pop group is from Bristol. I know that. Right, yeah, yeah, a massive attack as well. Oh, right, right, uh, tricky. Yes, yeah, um, and and um, he he plays there a lot. I, I I need to get there myself one of these days. We it's right before, on the border with Wales, right? The the river's right there. Yes, we we were just beginning to kind of link up with that stuff before uh, before again. Yeah, the the yucky spiky thing come come round, sh- t- telling us to stay indoors. But um, so yeah, he, he's uh, he's. Did you awesome. guys get he, third shots uh, a week from uh, yesterday? I'm going to get my third shot. Um, yeah, I'm due to get mine actually. I, I need to sort that out. I think that's the only way we're going to get this thing, man. I can't believe people. The the more it will mutate more if we don't fucking really get on it. Goddamn. Yeah. What, what's going to do? I magic mean, thinking or shooting up with chlorine? Give me a break. Anyway, back there, back, back to shitlet. Um, yeah, so so Shitlip is doing loads of stuff at the moment. Um, I, I'll get some stuff sent over if you like. Yeah, please, please. Um, yeah, it, and and it was kind of a, a, a similar thing. He he saw me play at a show and kind of you know came and said, "Oh man, I'd really like you to uh, to just put some vocals on something." So uh, it, it it was kind of the same as when I asked you, Mike. Right. Um, and and it, and with this age that we're in, it, it happened the same with John too, because of uh, you know the the thing with Romero. I, I just thought, right, I want to work with some of these Pittsburgh guys, because um, they they were a, a filmmaking group that were kind of pretty punk rock, really. They they were kind of self-contained, and they were making these films that were that were massive hits um, without Hollywood. Right, and, right. And, there's uh, a there's a horror but, there's a horror movie writer named Mike Watt who lives in Pittsburgh. I've, I've never, seen I've seen him on on some. Uh, okay, okay. Some he's really movie, nice guy. He's written me a few times. He knows about my music. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's very cool people. Awesome man, awesome. <laughs> I don't know if we're related or anything. Maybe way back. Over in Scotland with the Watt name, you know. I found it. My sister found out the Watt name was Ulster Scott. Like England put some Scott guys in uh, Ireland, and it got too yeah. heavy, so they built in the U.S. about two hundred years ago or so. Yeah, it's trippy consequences of certain things, you know. Yeah. Too so, much booze going on. Yeah. <laughs> The last show, right, I quoted a Gar- Giuseppe Garibaldi, right? Uh, uh, Bacchus has drowned more sailors than Neptune. 
<laughs> you look another collab with the John Apples here, a shit alley. Let's listen. One of the worst patches that I ever worked on was this real hellhole in a particularly, shall we say, irreparable part of East Ham. It really shouldn't have been difficult at all. There was just a small block of two flats that were situated above the entrance to a small dead-end car park in a place that never fully got sunshine behind some shops in High Street. The car park and flats were mine to clean. And it shouldn't have been a chore to get the job done. However, there were several excessively off-putting factors that made my efforts somewhat irrelevant. I called it Shit Alley. Oftentimes, I'd be there picking litter or giving a little sweep, and some incredibly mixed-up zombie of variable age and sex would wander right up ten feet from where I was cleaning, drop trowel, and proceed to take a big old crap on the pavement. As if I didn't exist. Keeping the floor clean was impossible. Every day of the week, there were needles and crack bong bottles, condoms and tampons, various types of booze container, freshly made chudner, the odd dead rat, and as many cigarette butts as there are stars in the universe. There were a cluster of eight sheds at the far side of the car park, originally intended for the residents that lived in and above the shops. But they had been turned out and burned out so many times that the people didn't bother to use them anymore. The sheds, or rather the charred remains of them, became little shooting galleries. They were so full of needles that I refused to go in them even with the right personal protective equipment. Inside the block, things weren't any better. On the first level lived a nice lady who seemed normal enough. And on the second floor lived a guy in his early 50s who had some kind of mental health issues. The poor guy and his home had been made the target of a local crack-dealing gang who basically muscled their way into his flat and took it over. They were a nasty bunch. He would get run out of his place whenever they wanted to use it. And he was terrified to tell anybody. I'd enter into the small block through the front door. And all of his clothes and household stuff would be thrown down all the four flights of stairs, which you'd climb with a somewhat heightened sense of trepidation. Upon ascension to the top floor, most of the time, the door to the flat itself would be lying on the landing. It would always be slightly worrying to think that anyone at all could be in there. 
from what I could see into the hallway of the flat, it had been smashed to bits. I would sometimes be cleaning in the block, and someone would be outside, buzzing and banging the door, trying to see if there was anyone in there to score off of. Because I wouldn't ever let them in. They'd start banging and kicking the door, shouting threats and abuse. I'd just walk upstairs till I was out of view and wait for them to give up and try somewhere else. Thankfully, they always did. That said, though, some asshole making pistol gestures to you with his fingers at the glass door whilst you're trying to finish a floor that you can see your reflection in is not something that was necessarily in the job description. One day, I arrived on site to find that the car park had been covered in police tape. The night before, something had gone bad in the flat. And a man was badly beaten and thrown out of the second floor window. It's always a downer having to clean up a puddle and sometimes blood or sweep up some poor bastard's teeth. In this case, I'd heard that the guy who went out of the window later died. As for the unfortunate lady who lived on the first floor, well, she had a boyfriend. But he was overseas in the army. So she was all on her own in the middle of all of this insanity. When she gave a statement to the police about what she'd heard the night of the window incident, the copper that was there taking it down made her an offer. He declared that the police would not be able to do a great deal to solve the problems on the block because of a lack of witnesses to the event. But that he, if she fancied going out for a good time with him, he'd have the police sorted all out in a click of his fingers. Real nice of him. Sadly, for the fine upstanding lawman, the lady on the first floor had no intention of having any kind of good time with him. So sadly for her, and myself to a lesser extent, there would be no resolution forthcoming. It has to be said that I did not miss Shit Alley when my tenure there came to an end. The only way you'll get it clean is with a gigantic fucking wrecking ball.
Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. The chunk started off with Levo featuring John Amplis with Shed Alley. And then we had the Silver Mount Zion Memorial Orchestra and Tra-La-La Band. It's the name. American Motor over Smoldered Field. These guys are from Montreal, cats. Uh, Levo and the Diller Killers finally with Song for the Black Heart. Where were these things? Uh, um, this is the uh, venue, the club they did the benefit for. Where, where did you record this stuff? At a prac pad? Yes. Yeah, that, that's the rehearsal tape. Um, I, I figured, well, seeing as the, uh, the band's now the former band, uh, it, it would be cool to go out on the what from Pivo show. Man. <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we all love you, man. So it, it's that that's a fucking cool, cool destination to end up. Well, that's big love back. You know, the guy whose cherry gig it was, right? The guy who first got into music. How, how did he do? Was he scared? He was shitting his pants. Shitting a pecan log. <laughs> He came through really well, though, uh, and, and he loved it. So you know, we'll, one time we'll do some more stuff. I recorded the first opera with Nels Klein and Steve Hodges, and Hodge said to me, I've told them right at the get-go, right? I'm, I'm scared. And, and Hodge said, look, what? <laughs> being a little bit scared is like being a little bit excited. <laughs> I said, okay. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, um, I, I was kind of petrified, too, because it, it, it was a... Um, 
playing a lot of songs that were written on samplers and stuff. Um, right, right. Pr- trying to turn, but also uh, promoting the night and making sure all the bands were happy. The sure. you know, running all the stage shit and. Um, yeah, sometimes and, and I don't know why, but people at benefits will try to take advantage and Bogart and fucking, you know, everything gets off schedule and stuff. Man, a benefit yeah. means you got to keep that in focus. It's not about the band's playing's benefit. It's for the. Yeah, I've, I've totally. run into that before. But anyway, I'm so glad it was a success and stuff. And now, now what you got going now with your music? So now. Um... Having just finished this album, um, John said that he will do some more stuff. So oh, I great. think we'll, we'll we'll knock up a sequel to this. I've got a load of stories, a load of filthy, filthy, dirty stories to <laughs> you know to send his way. Um, I love that then, filthy, dirty. That's like assless chaps, right? What's the other kind? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, yeah. Um, I, I want to write some really short songs. Uh, Werewolf oh. that you played earlier, that that song took 18 months to put together uh, because there were so many people on it yeah. and, and different different things. Like uh, Hiori's on there. Yeah. Uh, uh, your, your, your number one merch lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're thinking about that, making your collabs like more open-ended, bigger, more cats, more components. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot of fun. And and when you're working on your own, it's so much fun to have kind of other people's voices. Absolutely. In right. It, 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 and it adds spice to it. It makes it different. So sure. uh, it's almost and, like and cooking with different ingredients, right? Spices. And... Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the kind of quality of the recordings is irrelevant. Right. You know, half of the vocals on it were done on mobile phones. Um, it's just get it on there and stick it all together and see see what happens. I played on this show a cat in a Tel Aviv, Barry Burko, man. He made a whole album on a leash with all virtual instruments. Crazy. I know, but, you know, why does a dog lick his balls? Because he can. <laughs> you know, if we got the opportunity, right, the O word, instead of everything being the B word burden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's bitches. So you're looking at more stuff like that. Okay. So in a Definitely. way, so kind of conductor, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like a conductor guy, not just on a yeah. train, but like with a symphony. Yes. Yeah. I kind of see it that way. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've basically since, since the lockdown, I've, I've worked on not bring, I'll never bring another mobile phone to a gig. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring the hardware out and kind of, you know, it, it sounds a lot louder. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, I've just kind of rejigged the way that I perform and, and kind of now wrestling between two samplers and this Arturia mini brute thing uh, that provides the bass, the glue. Yeah. Um, it it's uh it it works nicely. Uh, it, at the same time, I really enjoyed doing the band as well. So I don't know, may, maybe put another band together for Mischief Night. We've got the Black Heart again in November. Yeah. Uh, next year. Right. So yeah, may, may, maybe the, we'll we'll have the same destination for a different band. Yeah, yeah, but, but in the meantime, you can do this man alone stuff too with the. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to. Stick I think at all. I think it's great you're taking turns with the d- different ways of, you know, expressing yourself musically, brother Lee. 
Thanks, Mike. It, it, I, I think it's important um, not to, you know, you, you can, it, it's much like yourself. You bounce around and do, you do more different things than anyone I've ever known. But, um, but that's, you know, I, I kind of try to follow along like that, man, and just, uh, just bounce it around in my own way and, and see what comes out in, in you know, what comes out the anus. <laughs> In the indoor, out the outdoor. Well, look, when you do, please bring it. Come back on the show. Invites open, brother evil. Thanks so much, Mike. Um, I love the show. Keep it coming, man. Will do. Will do. People, December 1, 2021 edition of Wapito. You can keep your powder dry.